the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Welcome to the podcast edition of Maximum Growth Live, the number one program for lawyers who want to grow their practices. Each week, our hosts, Seth Price and Jay Ruain, tackle the fundamental questions about how to grow the profit and profitability of your law firm. To watch the program live, submit your questions and hear the latest episode. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern on Facebook for our live show. Maximum Growth Live is a production of Maximum Lawyer Media. Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition, a 2021 edition of Maximum Growth Live. I'm one of your hosts, Jay Ruane, CEO of FirmFlex Social Media Marketing for Lawyers, as well as managing partner of Ruane Attorneys, a criminal and civil rights firm in Connecticut. And with me, as always, is my friend down there in the sun, in the sunshine state still, Seth J. Price. Seth, how you doing today? Doing well. Excited for 2021 and excited. Yeah, I mean, uh, we got Blue pretty- Shark, Blue Shark firing at all cylinders. Uh, you've got some great news to share with our audience. Uh, I just got information about an upcoming online speaking engagement, a, 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 a seminar that I go to PubCon, right? So, the, so for all of our listeners out there who don't know, there are certain industry events in the digital marketing space that are the cream of the crop. PubCon is one of them. And so I get an email uh, over the last couple of days talking about an online event that PubCon's hosting because you can't do anything online now. And I'm scrolling through the speakers and guess whose name I see as a speaker there, a guy who uh, is from Blue Shark named Seth J. Price. Seth, you're you're on the big stage. I mean, this is this is Major League Baseball that you're playing now. No, I'm real excited. Uh, this is their local search uh, uh, and uh, their local search event. And you know, Joy is keynoting. Uh, Joy Hawkins, one of the one of the great thought leaders in the space. And uh, you know, for 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 us, we've been going to PubCon for for many years oh. as a place to sort of like not just learn, but network. Uh, it's this uh, sort of Vegas event that's been going on for years and a lot of sort of backroom talks of how I built my own company and, and, and uh, helped uh, build Price Benos and Blue Shark. So to be speaking there is, is, is pretty cool. January 20th through the 21st. And, uh, couldn't and what's be more your excited. topic? What's your topic going to be this, the, be, this thing? I'm going to be talking about LSAs and their effect on local search. So, gotcha. 
Uh, you know, what's pretty cool is that L is that PubCon is for everybody, not just for lawyers, obviously. Uh, and over the years, it, you know, when I first started going, it was just Jay. And then, <laughs> oh, you know, one by one, I would see other people pop up uh, to the point where a handful of lawyers do go out there and learn from the source, which I think is awesome. And, uh, you know, this is this is really great. The uh, the founder of PubCon had seen me speak at a bunch of places and said, hey, this is what we want for our audience. And uh that was just a, a nice surprise to kick off 2021. I mean, you know, from a fanboy perspective, to have Brett know who you are and, and say we want you. I mean, that's that's a that's a big deal. I mean, you go to Vegas and you walk the halls of PubCon. It's there's a lot of people in a lot of spaces talking about pretty heavy pretty heavy budgets that they're working with and here we are these little law firms comparatively uh but you're no, now known as a, as a thought leader in the space and i couldn't be happier to be uh, by your side just remember me when you're uh, when you're you're flying on the private jets and and doing all that fun stuff and i'll still be sitting in the audience brown bagging my lunch basically although i will say a lot of times i would skip out on uh, on the lunch and, and, and take a ride over to in and out uh <laughs> which which you can't get here on the east coast but uh, boy, I gotta tell you, uh, that, no, that's no, that, gonna just, be, that that's, just came up with. I think that that came up as a seven-year memory the other day. We were sitting at lunchtime. We I think we had somebody go bring it back, and uh, you know, munching on some in and out was was pretty cool. And you know what I think I love about PubCon is it's not just local search people. This is this particular event is focused on local search, but the idea that the guy doing it for Macy's. And J.C. Penney is there, and think about the issues they're going through as far as marketing for so many different permutations and different locations and products, etc. So that when we sit, when we're sitting there and saying, "Hey, how do you get both this practice group and that practice group online, and not have them cannibalize each other, etc.?" You know, you have people that are playing on this huge stage, figuring it out, and you see that at the end of the day, a lot of their issues are not that much dissimilar to ours. They're just done at supersize levels levels. Yeah, and you know, one of the cool things about this event, and you're probably going to lose a little bit because you don't have that in-person networking uh, opportunity when it's a digital event, but um, the cool thing about this is for all you lawyers who go to lawyer se legal seminars um, and, and for people who like go to like the Max Lawyer, uh, Max LawCon and that type of thing, it's a very open and friendly group of people that really just sort of nerd out on the stuff they love and love seeing other people succeed as well. Uh, and so that's really one of the cool things. I mean, I found my pay-per-click uh, person years ago uh, at, a, at a PubCon event, and it was literally, she said, well, here, let's just dive into your, your account and let's let's see what we can do to fix it. You know, for 15 minutes sitting at a, at a, at a conference room table, I'm getting, you know, high-level help that I couldn't afford at the time. Uh, and, and that's, that, that's just, that, that's just phenomenal. So I'm, I'm, I'm so proud to know you are in that space and they've recognized you because you certainly have the knowledge to do it. You're very generous with your time. Uh, and, uh, and, and it really is, it's a testament to everything that you've built over these years. But what I want to talk about today is something that we talked about on our Tuesday show. Uh, and we're very lucky because we've got uh, a guest today who is actually in the coaching space. Um, and uh, Melissa Shanahan, 
who is the uh, owner, uh, operator, facilitator of Velocity Work is going to be with us. Um, and it's really interesting because as we're focusing on coaching in this first uh, couple of weeks of 2020, 2021, oh, please, let's not go back. Uh, let's not go back. I think it's important for all of our viewers out there to sort of wrap their head around what they can do to sort of grow uh, their firm coming out of whatever it is we are. So, I mean, if you are in the PI space, you may have had a very voluminous business and still gotten a couple of cases, but those cases that you've been working up through now are going to start to settle or resolve and who knows where your trials are going to be but you're going to have a dip probably you know a couple of a couple of months from now where all of a sudden your revenue is going down so it's the steps you can make now and for me you know someone who's been in that big dip i need to figure out a way to grow out and maybe coaching is something that we can talk about to try to get us to that next level and and re, re, you know regroup and, and and move forward what do you think well, you know, I'm very excited. Look, I've been playing around with the EOS and John Fisher did a great uh, mitzvah by bringing together Attraction Day for many of us. But the idea that I think that there are so many different options with coaching and I love the fact that we're going to be able to bring a bunch of people on uh, at almost like a buffet and get to figure out what's right for which people. Uh, and sort of I think that, uh, you know, like many things, it's picking up where you are, what's right for you, you know yourself and you know what you're willing to do. It's not, if you, if you sign up for something and you're not ready for it, it's not going to do you any good. But I hope that through this series of different coaches that we're able to give people an opportunity to figure out what might be right for them and their firm. Yeah, you know, I'm going to be straightforward with all of our viewers and tell you that, you know, I've built my firm, we're, we're well into seven figures now, and I've done it without coaching because I have, often said what do i need a coach for i'm smart enough i can read the you know the books and i can figure out what i need to do and i've grown but i will say that even before uh even before covid hit we had sort of maxed out where we are and and it's something that i was talking to uh, uh ryan mckean about is that everything that got you to where you are is not going to necessarily get you where your next step is and i have to make some tough decisions on do i want to continue to grow am i happy with where i'm at do i want to say you know what I've, I've i've reached my plateau maybe i should just stop ride the coattails and i've put in a lot of work maybe now it's time to to not retire but sort of let the systems work but then you know me i don't necessarily want to my mind's not going to stop. So it's it's one of these things. Maybe I do need it. Maybe I, do, I don't know. And that's why I, I liked having this segment that we're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks because I want to see what it is I can get from coaching that I haven't necessarily been sold on yet. Great. Let's do it. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to have the founder and chief implementer of Velocity Work, Melissa Shanahan, with us. So why don't you stick with us for a few moments, folks, hear from our sponsors, and when we be back, we'll have the Max Growth interview of Melissa Shanahan. We'll be right back. The lawyers who will succeed in the next decade are the ones who are focusing on building their brands where people meet, and there is no place better to build your brand than on social media. With the FirmFlex DIY social media plan, hundreds of lawyers like you are using social media to build their brand and become the one lawyer in their community that people know, like, and trust. By spending even just five minutes a day on social media marketing, you can engage with hundreds or thousands of people in your local community who will need your services. By cultivating a network of followers, you build a book of business that you can market to the next decade and beyond. If you are looking for a solution to help you jumpstart your social media marketing, 
Look no further than the DIY plan at GetFirmFlex.com. The DIY was created by a small firm lawyer for people just like you, helping you connect with local people online and build your brand and engage people in the topics they want to talk about, all for under $100 a month. To find out more, visit GetFirmFlex.com. In this world today, if you want to grow your business, you want to grow your firm, you want to take on more cases and make a bigger impact, you have to have a digital blueprint. Statistically, throughout the time that we've been working with Blue Shark Digital, our law firm, the Atlanta Divorce Law Group, grew over 1,400%. Seth and his team have years of experience in this area. Blue Shark is truly a part of the firm, so I don't consider Blue Shark any different than the employees in my office. Hello, hello, and welcome to Melissa Shanahan. Melissa is a coach as well as the founder of Velocity Work, which coaches and helps lawyer entrepreneurs. Melissa, welcome to Maximum Growth Life. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. So why don't we start with, with you telling us a little bit about what you do and how you got into what it is you do, because there's a lot of lawyers out there. There's a lot of frustrated lawyer entrepreneurs out there, uh, and some people may be just learning that people like you exist. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah. Okay, great. I started my very beginning into the coaching industry was in 2007, I decided to take part in a coach training certification program. I didn't even know what I wanted to do with it. I just knew I was very interested in, in that realm and in that world and went through it, got certified, hung a shingle out on the internet in 2008 that was for life coaching. I didn't even, I, it was, it was uh, the beginning of everyone's journey. Is not pretty? Right. So, <laughs> so I, um, there, I had a lot of people coming to me that I didn't enjoy the kinds of things they wanted to work on, but the ones who did come to me that I loved working with were startup entrepreneurs. So I worked with startup entrepreneurs for a while, actually moved to San Francisco and there deviated on my journey a bit and um, started working for a consulting firm doing coaching for small uh private practices across the United States, mostly doctors and dentists at the time. So this, this was in 2014. So I dug in there, learned a ton. It was like fuel on the fire for me of coaching and learning and business practices and everything that goes into that and uh, spent a handful of years there and then left because a couple of things. There was, I could see holes in the product for these clients. I was boots on the ground with the clients doing the quarterly planning, the annual planning. And, you know, you go back to headquarters and you're like, listen, this training needs to be different. This facilitation needs to be different. And it just takes forever in an, an organization to get anything done of the size I was at. So eventually I was tired of full-time travel <laughs> and I decided that, I knew I could improve on what I had learned. And so I went out on my own and decided to focus just on attorneys. And that it's been three years, actually, almost to the day. It was January 1st of 2018. Well, happy so, anniversary. Anyway, 
<laughs> Thank you. So tell, tell, I'm curious. Tell us your process. So somebody comes to you and says, hey, I have a practice either brand new or X years in. What is the sort of how do you take somebody from, hey, I'm interested. And then what does it look like to be in a coaching program? Yeah. So I'll give you the answer right up front and then I'll explain. I'll give a little bit of a uh, some context. Right now, if someone wants to work with me in Velocity Work, there's two entry points. One is a coaching program I have called Mastery Group, which is very focused on the owner. And it's a, it's a uh, very reasonable rate uh, to participate in this group. And it's focused on the owner operating at the best of their ability. So how they manage their time. Are they setting goals? Are they reviewing things quarterly? Like core values, everything I've been taught to do with private clients, I wanted to bring to people who they have an interest, they don't have a big team, but they still want to do it. And the interest really more than anything, if you have anything to do with me and velocity work, it means that you have an interest in self-development as the owner. So that's sort of the entry point uh, to the, the easiest entry point into velocity work. And then there's something that we host called 30 day sprints, which are focused only for owner attorneys and you join and it's 30 days. And every day there's a daily accountability call. You get on, did, what are you working towards that month? Did you do your thing or not? Yes or no. There's a checkbox. We have a tracker and, um, what's the lesson learned? What are you doing today? Every day we get on the phone and do that. And people fly towards their results, which is fun. And it's a lower commitment because it's 30 days. So those are the two ways. And from there, if people, if it's a good fit, they enjoy the content, they're enjoying, like it's a good match, then they have the option for becoming a private client, which is where we do quarterly retreats for the firm and for the owner and do annual business planning. And every quarter we check in on track, off track, and we have a full day meeting. So that's, I, when I first started, the reason I decided to answer in this way, when I first started, I was only doing the quarterly planning retreats and the annual business planning. And there was coaching and accountability in between. But I realized that some of the clients I was drawing, they didn't care or have an interest in developing themselves they, it was like they were detached from, they didn't, they weren't taking full responsibility how they could have or should have taken full responsibility. And that makes it very difficult to work with someone on growth. So now there's a bit of a, a vetting, not, not just to vet, but Hey, get yourself in here, get your feet wet. Let's do this work. And if you like it and you want to take it further and you want to do it one-on-one, -on -one, okay, let's talk. So Hopefully that answers. So that. really, it's 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 about the your clients basically align with your personal values for your own business, and so that's how you're able to yeah. sort of say like, I value my time in my business this way. I'd like you to sort of value your time in your business the same way, so we could work together towards that goal. Is that would that be a fair way of explaining it? It is because even with the best of intentions, if the interest isn't there to develop yourself as your as the owner, not just your team, not just the numbers and the dashboard, but yourself and how you're operating, then we run into things like getting on accountability calls and like something didn't get done because they're so busy. Well, at some point that doesn't get to fly. And I and it's very difficult to work with someone who won't own that the reason they didn't get it done was because they didn't manage their time well enough or they like it's them. And so, you know, I never, uh, it's, it's never a confrontational conversation, but over the, over time I've realized 
there's certain people that want to hire a coach or someone who facilitates these meetings for the sake of growth. And it's almost like they're outsourcing responsibility. And that is the opposite of how this needs to go. So yeah, I guess it is my values because if my clients don't do well, then I don't do well. Right. And I don't have total control over them. They have control over them. And as long as they understand that and they take responsibility for it, we're good. So when you're dealing with people, do you find it easier working with somebody as in their infancy of the firm where you can put the right infrastructure in place? Or is it once people have infrastructure in place and they're starting to have those legacy issues and they're starting to drown? Like where is the ideal entry point for somebody to a coaching program? So in the past, my main experience had been with people who had a team of five or more. And the biggest business that I had worked with prior start to starting my own was a 12 million annual revenue private practice. Since then, on my own in velocity work, probably the biggest is 5 million annual revenue, which is big. And there's a lot, it's a very different picture. I'm sort of comfy there. I know the kinds of conversations you need to have. I know um, it, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty high level thinking at, that, at those meetings. But over time, what I have learned is that there are a lot of principles that people who have big businesses abide by that small principles, that, that smaller practices would be wise to adopt, but they don't know to yet. It's like they've been on a journey of chaos trying to hustle and get their firm off the ground. And that level of chaos that, that, of the startup phase I can work with someone in there because in mastery groups, like the group setting, it's, they will benefit from it. But when it comes to actually let's like put our heads together, get in a room and hash some things out, they need to be at that place where they have an established business. And now they know that they've got to get things in order. They have to tighten things up. They need to create systems and processes. They need to, um, now that they have a base for business, create some predictability within their business. And that's super fun. So that's sort of the other sweet spot. So working privately with people is they've either got a well-established team, they've got a team, and now it's just getting organized, getting the team on board, making sure culture is great, morale is good, numbers are being hit and focused on, all of that. And then there's this middle ground where people are, they're off the ground. They've gotten from zero to one. And now they're trying to figure out, okay, how can I scale this thing? How can I work less? How can I, those kinds of questions. And then we're able to help them really well as too. You know, over the last couple uh, weeks, uh, a bunch of us have gone through some traction training and, you know, sort of full day. You know, are there things like traction or we had Michael Gerber on from Emith? Are there some of these sort of well-known national groups that you've borrowed from to be able to create this? Because it yeah. sounds like a lot of what you're talking about here comes from that traction world. Yeah. So the consulting firm that I worked at prior, we used Strategic Coach and... Um, EOS, both. And so naturally, there's just a culture around all of that. And so I bring, I think just innately, I bring a lot of that. I don't know exactly how they facilitate it. I haven't sat through their facilitation, but I was on a leadership team at the consulting firm and and we abided by some things internally that were stemming from strategic coach in EOS. And I agree with so much of it. I think it's important. I think it's smart. 
some of the smartest content that's out there. Um, so I, there's a lot there that I love and appreciate. Of course, Michael Gerber's stuff, just being the, um, the way that he splits things up and talks about things hits home and explains things to owners that they haven't thought about things in this way before. I think it's a, it's a really wise way as well. So yeah, I borrow from not borrow in terms of, um, it's almost like, you know, when you're the, you're, and I do consider myself an expert, but with the caveat that I will never be done learning. But when you're an expert in something and you're always learning, you're always getting new ideas and inspiration from how someone is explaining it or how they're showcasing it. And it, you know, I, I really do pull from many different sources of inspiration, EOS and strategic coach for sure. I think they're fantastic. And then also, um, uh, Michael Gerber for sure, but there's even, you know, there's certain podcast guests that I hear on podcasts and I'm like, who is that? That is smart. I need to learn more about that. So then I'll take some key concepts that I've learned there. So I think, you know, for me to come out and pretend that Melissa Shanahan is just super wise and you need to hire me because I know, I know the deal. I've been around the block, but it's, it is thanks to people who've gone before me and thanks to the lessons that they teach that I'm able to curate something that based on my own experience and knowledge tends to fit attorney owners really well. So yeah, big fan of all the people you just mentioned. <laughs> I have, I have a question for you. So it, it, yeah. it's, when you started, you said you were in sort of like the medical and dental practice when you were with your other uh, prior agency. Um, and that's not the first time I've heard that from people mm. in your industry that there is a lot of transfer over into the legal space after having worked with medical professionals, especially with dentists. Um, what yeah. do you think it is about those medical professionals and business sense that led them to adopt the idea of coaching and business, better business practices so much earlier than lawyers. I mean, I, I mean, really the, the, the lawyer, the coaching of lawyers and the entrepreneurial lawyer really is probably about 20 years old. I mean, there's always outliers, but, but dentists and doctors sort of approach the business differently long before lawyers ever got around to it. Why do you think there's a, a bit of a difference having seen both sides of those industries? Oh man. I mean, here's part of me wants to disagree with you because having been on the side with doctors and dentists, it's, um, you know, I will lovingly say it's a hot mess. It's so maybe they've been exposed to it, but there's so many dentists and doctors that are great practitioners. They are not great business people. And it is, it's a painful journey for someone who's been in practice for you know, 40 years. And now they're, they're trying to hire a consultant to come in to teach them how to, how to revamp things and structure things for themselves. It is a painful process worth it, worth every minute of it. But to, so it's interesting, I guess the view I have of it is I, I don't, I didn't know that. I didn't have that thought that dentistry and doctors are way ahead of lawyers. That may be true, right. but no. And I've yeah. seen the, I've seen in my market, the opposite where the dentists are not and doctors, dermatologists, et cetera, have not been able to compete and that private equity has come in and rolled them up 
yeah. because they yeah. just haven't been able to scale and have, you know, I think that it, as bad as lawyers may be at running their practice, at least they're sitting at a desk where they can go from their substantive work to looking at uh, their metrics. Whereas, the, you know, the dentist has to like leave their, you know, you know, the room that they're in with the patients and it, they may not even have a place to do their work in the office. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah. a, you know, working on your business, you know, they are, if you go to the e-myth, they are, you know, still the, the guy flipping burgers and that they yes. may do a little bit of management of their staff, but there's certainly no opportunity for eing. No. And honestly, the management's really poor because they don't understand how to communicate, how to create the environment that's going to help fuel their business. They, they, it's very easy. And I would imagine, so I'm, I'm, I'm in dental and doctor's own for a second. So then we could talk about law, but it's very easy for, for a, a medical or dental practitioner to think that they're them working in the patient's mouth or sitting with the patient in the chair is the thing that's required to grow their business. That is how they look at everything. And so they, if they have a place to work, they don't spend much time there. They don't eat lunch. They're just cramped. It's like, dollars for hours, you know? And so you, they're so, they're cranking so hard and they don't know or understand how to stop cranking harder and grow your business. They think that's a pipe dream. They don't act, they don't think that's possible. And so it really is a training of like, no, no, in order to grow, you're going to have to step back, especially if you don't want to die young. So let's get going. <laughs> but, do, but don't a lot of lawyers have that same problem? That yeah, they, so, and, and, and that's the, you know, that's the challenge that you have to deal with, right? Yes, 100%. So now so if we wear, switch hats and, and I'm thinking about the lawyers that I've had the privilege of working with, it's usually around that three to $500,000 mark is, is somewhere in there is where they are waking up to the hard reality that they have to change things in order to, to have the firm that they had always imagined for that to come to life, they're going to have to make some serious changes. And that's so difficult to transition. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I get it because from the Blue Shark point of view, we have seen, I, you know, it's, I call it like almost the, the digital Mendoza line. Until you're over 300,000, maybe 350, you don't have yeah. the resources for higher level SEO. You do, obviously, you need marketing. You want to get to that point, but you don't, you may or may not have the money or the resources, or frankly, the raw material to fully leverage the value of a coach. And that's something that, that I've seen people struggle with, which is there are coaches out there that help you put all the structure in place, but if you don't have the clients coming through, you can't do much with it. Now, there are people with clients, and they're not answering the phones right, and they're not monetizing, but how do you, which comes first? And again, because I, I asked this mm. and I struggle with it myself from the SEO point of view, how do you like determine, okay, this person is ready for coaching or you know what, they may be ready for coaching, but if they don't get more revenue, my bills aren't going to get paid as a coach and exactly. they're not going to have that bandwidth to be able to stay with this long enough to get value. How do you deal with that? Yeah. So here's my thought process on it. If you are hurting for cash, you need to focus on getting new clients to the door, period. That needs to be your focus because once you can relieve that pain point, you it sort of frees up your brain to be able to work on the other things that are in front of you. If you have, if you're not 
worried about the number of clients coming through the door, you would like it to go up, but you're not stressed out by the fact that it isn't higher. In my mind, it makes sense to make sure that your bucket, your firm is not leaking. Like you're plugging all the holes, make sure your intake process is right. Make sure that so that when you do spend money to get the money, the calls coming in, you're able to handle them and convert them well. So it's almost like, I, I feel like it depends on where you are. And that's just my perspective. And I'm not a marketer, just I never pretend to be. I always encourage every client to have a marketing solution on their side. But really, it's like, fundamentally, it just seems like if there's a if there's a cash problem, if there's a cash stress, you just you need to stop thinking about everything else. And you need to focus and do the activities that are required to bring people through your door. And if cash is not a, an absolute stressor and you do want to grow, maybe work on getting some things in place that are solid so that when you spend your money on these marketing solutions, now you know your conversion is going to go up, you're paying attention to those numbers, all that jazz. You know, it's fascinating. I, I just, I, I, it's something that I, I struggle with both for myself and I see clients struggling with it in that w not just yeah. which comes first, but you know, from, okay, from a digital point of view, whether it's social media with Jay or SEO with us and you're getting the phone to ring, if you don't have your intake down, it's not, it's not going to work. Right. And if I yeah. say to people, let's say you have, you know, you're sitting there and somebody's making, you know, 300,000, 400,000, and they don't have an associate and they have no plans for an associate. Is it right. smart to add more marketing in at that point? Because it, you, you're going to end up for that extra $100,000, $150,000 in revenue, killing yourself. Plus, you got to pay for the marketing. So totally it's like this, this weird, this this weird sort of you know you know Bermuda Triangle type world where like what do you do with that space? And I don't know whether it's right. I mean, again, this is I don't think there's a right answer. I love the fact right. that most of the coaches I know put their head down and say, hey, I'm going to get your systems right. That's Jay's world, right? I'm going to get great systems. I'm going to help you put you know, discipline in place, put your quarterly meetings in place, get your rocks moving, whatever it is. Um, but the question is, if you do, to me, and I think this is something Jay and I have both seen a lot of success with, if you don't have your marketing piece in place, like, does any of that matter? Of course it matters, but like you, there's so much being left on the table and that's that which, you know, yes, you need to get your, you know, your life together. And if, if a coach like yourself can help somebody grow, put systems in place that, you know, are that all amazing, but it can't be without that fuel coming because otherwise you could have the greatest systems in the world. But if you don't have the stuff coming through right. the door, it's not going to, you know, you need both. Right. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I think a lot of it has to happen simultaneously. I think, and I do think this is part of what, you know, we've talked about quarterly planning. Quarterly planning is so freaking important because if you don't take time, because in the middle of your practice, things are busy, things are chaotic in some senses, overwhelming. If you don't take the space every 90 days to lift your head and evaluate what is going on, then how on earth are you going to move forward in the smartest way possible, right? And I think I agree with you when you said there's no right, there is no blueprint for people. That doesn't exist. And I, yeah, I get passionate about that. There's no blueprint for growth because there's too many different variables and too many different factors. But you can have guidance. You can have, whether you do or don't have guidance, every 90 days, you need to lift your head 
and look around, look at your numbers, figure out what is priority and start putting some resources behind the priorities. And if you keep your head down and you just keep trucking and you're, let's just say you are spending a ton of money on marketing and your systems suck, then you keep on trucking and you get a year in and what the heck have you done? Like there's been, hopefully there's some lessons you've learned there, right? So I think you're right. I think some of it has to overlap. I think that you have to pay attention to where you are in your journey and make the best calls you know how to make. Seek out wisdom and guidance from people around you that you think are smart and wise to do so from, and then make a call and go. And so I, it's not an easy answer, is it? No, it's definitely not. So I, I, I have a, a follow-up with that. One of the things that I think is out there for a lot of people is just an overwhelming amount of information. Obviously, you know, in the last decade, because of the internet, you can spend days and weeks and months going down rabbit holes of, of other entrepreneurial blogs. Oh, you need to have this person to do this for you. You need to hire this person early on to get them uh, set up and that type of thing. Do you see situations where small solo firms, small firms, um, fall into sort of like the ego trap of wanting to have somebody to fill this role. So I have my customer service person. I have this person. I have that person. And they and they basically are just hiring to assuage their own ego to say, I have this team of 12 people when they're not necessarily having the revenue for that. But it makes them feel good that they could say, well, I have a person whose only job is to handle my calendar. Um, you know, do you see that as a problem for entrepreneurs because they want that, you know, that, that team behind them, but they may not necessarily be at that point yet to actually need them, but they can fill it with a VA somewhere for, you know, two grand a month on a credit card. And it's not necessarily the right thing for their business. Have you run into that at all? So actually, it's really interesting. I was trying to think of examples as you were talking, but most of the people I work with, I almost feel like it's the opposite. They hold on to everything because they're afraid. They don't know this is new territory. They don't feel like they're making enough yet. And so it's hard for them to let go of any cash. And so I almost come across the opposite more than than what you're talking about i have experienced that as well but not nearly as much and with attorneys i feel like i get more of the they're hanging on tight <laughs> so, no, yeah. I, look, I've so, I, with my law partner that, I, that i've scaled with dave he'll hold on to everything and it's like i've just yeah. it, because i'm there i can then put people in place around him but left to his own devices he'd be sitting there practicing law by himself with an associate and a paralegal, but he would never be able to scale because nobody's going to do it better than him. And there's that moment where you have to be able to say, it's going to be less efficient for a a period. You're going to go down on the curve before you come back up, you know, with each new person you're slotting in. What are the biggest mistakes you see lawyers make from your perspective when they come there? Like, what are the things people should, like, if you could say, hey, these are the three biggest mistakes I see lawyers make that if you could somehow figure out how to short short circuit them in your your growth process you'd be better off yeah the first one for sure is that they don't take time to plan they don't plan well and they just are running and that's that will become really painful at some point and there's a chance for all of us no matter what stage you are in your business to take a step back and every 90 days is a great marker to do it so quarterly planning and then once a year, really thinking full year planning 
and further. I think there's value big time in going beyond that, but they don't do that. And so the decisions that are made are typically not coming from the wisest place. And if they did take space, they would make different decisions. If they looked at their numbers, if they evaluated their team, if they have one, um, all of it, if they evaluated their time and how they're spending their time. So I think there's a lot of, I think that the reason people don't do that is one of two reasons. One, they don't know that they should, which hopefully everybody listening to this, you should do it. I know now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I need to hire you to, to do some quarterly planning because I have never done quarterly planning in 22 years. I've never done annual oh, planning. Wow. No planning. I am fly oh by God. the seat of my hey, pants. Hey. Well, and that's, and that's, look, I'm thinking about this too. Historically, we've been much lighter on planning than objectively we should be. And recently we're trying to put some of those EOS systems in place. And, you know, it is, you know, but Jay, I think that in some ways we are doing it just inside of our heads. Then not a good thing. I'm not recommending it. I'm just saying like you actually are likely doing some of these things. They're just not being done in the, in the way that is, ideal from a scalable piece because you've been able to do it yourself and that you, you know, but to a certain extent it's limited, it's limited to Jay. If Jay gets hit yeah. by a bus, they're not systems in place. You know, you may be oh, no, no. for Jay. <laughs> well, there's no systems in place for what's in my okay. brain, but my whole operation exactly. can last for the next no, 40 no, 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 years. No, agreed. No, of As course. it stands, yeah. they just yeah. wouldn't be able to innovate and iterate the way I can do yeah. uh, in my mind. Right. Well, and I will say this, and there, listen, there's plenty of companies out there that have done just fine without quarterly planning, but it's a very different feel when you have it. And, and so I definitely don't want to, the fact that you haven't ever done quarterly planning, I'm sure your business is doing just fine. But the cool thing about doing quarterly planning, especially if it's facilitated, is that your facilitator can draw out of your brain things that you have a hard time getting out of your head. And that is a massive difference maker. I think that's kind of part of the beauty of having a coach is you're, you're, it's not just in your head and you're able to get out some things. Someone is pulling that information out and asking you the questions and framing things in a way that you're having to articulate something that's been swimming around, but you've never articulated it. And then your team hears it like it, it's it's a very uh, it's a very gelling process and it helps create a lot of momentum. So I think even the best of the best, there's a lot of value in having facilitation so that you are, you know, it's almost like you feel like you've been emptied every quarter. That's what I hear owners say. It's like, all right, it's almost like pushing the reset button where they've, they've just been able to empty out. They decide what does make the list in terms of a priority or rocks and goals and things like that. And then, um, and you can move forward. So I, I do think, I do think someone could be successful about it. I I basically unload on my marketing director nonstop. She just, she'll be like, you slacked me 49 times between two and 3 a.m. I'm like, yeah, I had some ideas. Uh, and she's, I'll look at it this way. And I think you could appreciate this. You know, both of us have done well. I think there's a number of these things that we have not done that objectively probably should be doing. It doesn't, it, you know, but what I love and I think from the marketing point of view, every once in a while, I'll see a mistake and I'm like, man, mm-hmm. we lost an opportunity here. I'm like, we're doing so freaking well without it. Imagine what's you, what it's going to be like once you add that in. Exactly. Yeah, maybe what we need it's you like, to do is get yeah. me and Seth in a room and just pull all this stuff out of our brains uh, for <laughs> for a while. <laughs> That'd be so 
super That's fun. Awesome. <laughs> the other thing I was going to say is not only do they not know to do it, but the other thing is I think they don't know how to do it and they, they're worried they're going to do it wrong or something. And start small. You know, it doesn't – of course, someone who's been doing it for a while can facilitate through something really structured. But what I just – I mean, really, if you got quiet and you asked yourself, what's important? What do I need to have my eyes on? What decisions do I need to make? What lessons need to be learned here? Like just, just if you sat down and had a session like that with yourself, something really valuable would come out of it that otherwise wouldn't had you not given it the space. And that, that can be really important as you're growing. And, I, and I'm starting to see this because we're going through a more formalized process. And it's funny because the law firm has all sorts of legacy issues, approximately 40 lawyers. We built stuff up. We've made mistakes. We've grown some things very successfully. And with the digital company, it was built sort of in more recent time with some lessons learned from the law firm. And whenever I see these things, many of these things are happening, whether or not it's perfectly labeled this way, but it's pretty clear what the quarterly goal is. And I think, Jay, to mm -hmm. a certain extent, you know that too, whether it was like, hey, I got to get the pardons and expungements practice up. That's, you know, you may not sit there and create a formal list with it, but you knew this isn't just a crazy Jay idea. It's like, hey, my revenue is dropping in one side. I got to put this here. I just love the idea of a more formal setting where somebody, you know, you're, you know, somebody who you, and it, it sucks because many things you wish you could do yourself, but the idea that it doesn't happen unless you're paying somebody to make that happen. Like the gym, I can go to the gym, what workout am I going to get? I'll get something. But when I'm paying some guy to be there, when we did go to the gym, who's, you know, I have to be there at this time and I get the most out of that hour. It, 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 there is a huge value add that you, you, you may be able to do it yourself and some percentage of people can, but most won't. And also, I love the point you just made, but also think about it. We're so systems and process minded, but this is a process. This is a system that you abide by for your firm, right? If, if, if you have this, an annual business planning meeting, and then you have quarterly leadership meetings or quarterly meetings, that's a process that your business abides by. And any process you put into place typically is going to pay off big time. If it's any, it's, it's almost like it removes you having to remember or having to think or ha it's just a part of what happens for your business. Yeah. Well, That's you know cool. me and systems, so this sounds like it's right up my alley. <laughs> yeah, Jay, got, you, you, you get the final question. <laughs> okay, so my final question is this. You know, um, we are starting a brand new year, and nobody could have predicted what last year would have brought. Um, you know, after 20 years in practice, my revenues got cut by 35% in the matter of a couple of months. But I'm still, stand I'm still standing. What do you think... Uh, what do you wish that our viewers, our listeners would take away from you today to set their 2021 off on the right foot? What do you think is the one thing, if they take nothing else out of this conversation, what do you think that they should take away from this? I really believe that this year is a chance for each of us to get very intentional about growth and making sure that we are growing on our terms. And as you do, I think part of being intentional is abiding by processes and systems. Because the reason we put processes and systems into place is to get a very predictable outcome on the other side of it. We should do that with that we we naturally think of doing that for processes inside the business. But how I if I could encourage people to start to open up their brains 
and think in a way of processes for themselves as the owner. What processes do you need to put into place that will allow you to be very intentional about the growth for, of your firm? And that could like one process is I'm going to do a quarterly retreat for myself every freaking quarter. I'm going to put it on the calendar and I'm going to schedule it. I'm going to make a list of questions I'm going to ask myself. And that's what I'm going to do every quarter. And so maybe that's an example in mastery group. I lead people through quarterly planning. That's part of mastery group. And so you can join something. There's, there's many coaches out there, find one that feels like a great fit. And maybe you use that process, a quarterly planning process in, in that way. But also you can even think smaller. Just, I just want to encourage people to start thinking in processes for yourself. I have owners that at the end of every month, they have like on the 25th of every month, there is a window on their calendar with five bullets that they go through in order to prep and plan very well for the next month. So that's another example. That's a process that they put into place. And I think so often as the owner of your firm, it's easy to get sucked into not just lawyering, it, but even just kind of running, running your business, but you just, you're running without process. It's, there's just a lot to do. You handle it, you carry it all on your shoulders and you just keep trucking. But how can you get more intentional about the growth that you are experiencing and seeking both? Awesome. So That's Melissa, awesome. Uh, b before we go, um, I know on your website, you actually offer a free masterclass uh, that is available. So why don't you tell our listeners and viewers about that and how they can get in touch with you if they want to reach and out and talk to you a little bit more. And let's make sure it's in the link in the uh, Oh, in the absolutely. Comments. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. If you go to velocitywork.com, there's a button there for free masterclass. And Here's what I want to say about that. I realized that the last thing that someone that would work with me needs is a, is a masterclass. But I would ask you to think about it as an investment. It's a one hour. It's an investment of your time in order to speed things up for yourself. That's the kinds of things that I'm teaching in the masterclass. So if you're interested in signing up for it, you can go to velocitywork.com and uh, learn more about everything we have to offer. But the free thing is there as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so yeah. much for being with us today. This is this is great because yeah. uh, you know it's opened my eyes to the value of a coach. I've always been one to poo poo it and say, "Hey, I, I'm I'm doing this." You know, I, multiple seven figure right. business, uh, and I haven't needed to be coached. But what you're telling me is you need to take some time. I used to go away once a quarter take my wife to the spa and I would go to the spa, sit there in a, in a chair next to the whirlpool and I would read every business magazine I have accumulated over the last three months and I would get ideas from that. So maybe that was my system for doing it, but it wasn't necessarily intentional. It was just how I yeah. fit my thing. So now I think what I need to do is sort of create it and do it intentionally. And I think that's the, the, the big takeaway for, for today is it's all about your intentions and sticking to them rather than waiting for stuff to happen to actually make a plan for it to happen. And that's a great way to start the year. Seth, any final thoughts? No, it's great. I, I, I've sort of come with a similar philosophy of Jay and, you know, we've been dipping our toe into EOS and figuring out what can we do to push ourselves to, an, to another level. Um, and that, uh, you know, you gave us a lot to think about today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. It's so fun to talk to you guys. 
All right, Melissa. Melissa Shanahan from Velocity Work, thank you so much for being with us today. And we'll be right back with more Maximum Growth Live. Hey, it's Becca here. I'm sure you've heard Jim and Tyson mention the Guild on the podcast and in the Facebook group. The Guild is this perfect mix of a community, group coaching, and a mastermind. Guild members get so many benefits, including weekly live events and discounts to all Maximum Lawyer events. Head over to MaximumLawyer.com forward slash the Guild to check out all the benefits and watch a few testimonials from current members. So head to MaximumLawyer.com and click on the Guild page to join us. Now, let's get back to the episode. Well, Seth, I got to tell you, I am very, well, I wouldn't say I'm very anti-coach, but I'm warming up to the idea of possibly bringing somebody on to help us do the things that I know I'm missing in my firm. I'm not, you know, I'm not the greatest. I'm more of an idea guy. I'm not the greatest at implementation. I'm not the greatest at managing people. And maybe that's what I need to do. What were your thoughts from that interview? Well, look, I think she's she's terrific. Um, I think that one of the things that I've seen, every time you learn a new industry, Let's say the coaching industry. There's EOS, the strategic coach. You know, we're going to talk to people from how to manage a small law firm. We have a number of people who are alumni of there, uh, like like uh, Williams and 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 others that we that we've had on here, uh, Catherine. Uh, you know that we that we, we've had we've had talk. And the idea is, what's right for you? And one thing is, each of these different coaches. I think what I liked about her philosophy was there are a lot of different systems out there. Part of what you're paying a coach for, in my opinion, is to go out, be smart enough to have seen all of those different things and ideally taken the best of each of them and put them into one place, a one-stop shop. Uh, I think that is one of those things that anything that gets very fundamental where this is our way, again, it works for a lot of people. It probably won't work as well for you and me compared to the idea of like what is best from each of these places because everything, when I think about business and life and marketing, most of the answer is it depends. You know, when we give somebody in a hot seat, there are things that are obvious, but there's a lot of it. Well, it depends on this or it depends on that. Same with marketing. So when you see a coach that is sort of able to bring things from all of those different disciplines, to me, that's a that's a strong sign that there's something uh, really valuable there. Yeah. And I'll and I'll say to the audience, you know, um, one of the things that we didn't talk about is that, you know, uh, at least once a year, you and I would get together. I'd shoot down from, from New York down to your office in D.C., or I'd meet you in New York City. God knows when we're going to be able to do that again. But And we would spend an afternoon together just saying, hey, I have this idea. What do you think about it? So we were sort of doing some of these things casually, but with a system in place. But I think really, you know, hearing it again, it's it really comes down to I need to start to develop some of these personal systems to, to, to take the best parts of my brain out of my brain, get them into operations so uh, my, my firm can flourish with them. Right. And look, those meetings were great. But the moment we had a burger, the rest of the afternoon may have taken a different turn. And yeah. so, you know, uh, and the idea being, what is that discipline? I really think it's, it's very much like going to the gym versus having a trainer. Some people can do it. You and I are not the most disciplined. No, but I have been on my Peloton every day since January 1. In fact, every day since like December 28th. So I am crushing it. I'm going to go 100 days in a row on my Peloton, even if it's just for five minutes. So I'm going to do it. I've got I've committed to myself, but I built a system for doing it. I do it at the same time every day. And there you go. A system for success. So, all right, Seth, with that, I think we're going to end the show. Uh, we had a great conversation with Melissa and I, and uh, I want to leave our people wanting more. Be sure to tune in. 
in on Tuesday for another edition of Maximum Growth Live. And then, of course, next Thursday here live, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific for our interview show. I am Jay Ruane, Firm Flex, Social Media Marketing for Lawyers. He is Seth Price. Founder of Price Benowich, which is basically up and down the East Coast, South Carolina, D.C., Maryland, Virginia. I'm sure you're going to be in Iowa and in, and in uh, Montana next. That's, that'd be nice. Nice move to Montana. Get some a big ranch. Maybe you can take over uh, something out there. We can start doing uh, some trainings, things there. That would be good, Seth. Uh, you could fly me on that private plane that you're going to get from no, the PubCon I, down in uh, Key West and I'm like why don't we have a branch down there like <laughs> you sit there and just uh, you know do do uh, you know I don't know you know paddleboard law <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so folks, if you want to find us anytime online, you can do so on our Facebook page. You can also download this show as a podcast on the Maximum Growth Live podcast available on any podcasting platform. We are also syndicated as part of the Maximum Lawyer Media family, which includes Maximum Finance, Maximum Mom, and of course the original Maximum Lawyer podcast. But for now, I am Jay Ruane. He is Seth Price. Thank you for being with us, and we will see you next week on Maximum Growth Live. Thank you for listening to Maximum Growth Live. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast for the latest episodes and tune in live on Facebook every Thursday for our live show. For more information, visit Maximum Growth Live on Facebook or MaximumLawyer.com and be sure to share us with your friends.